Welcome to GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how they grew their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Grit Podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth. I'm the founder of Sisu and the host of the show. And uh, today I have an exciting guest here, Brett Jennings. Brett and I met at dinner, geez, about three years ago, I want to say, Brett. Yep. At a a KW event, actually. I think it was. uh, you know, we've been in touch ever since. A while after that, Brett came in as a customer of Sisu, and uh, it's just been great to work with and see his growth. So I'm not going to take a lot of time with an intro, but Brett has an extensive background in real estate, obviously. The main thing I want to hit on, and Brett really is in like the top one-tenth of one percent, in that he has a team or a team ridge now doing over 1.2 billion in closed volume. And I think that that pretty much says it all. Like as soon as, as soon as you hit the billion mark, Brett, I mean, everyone has respect for that. So uh, is there anything you want to add to that? And congratulations. Well, thanks, Brian. Um, and yeah, it's, is there anything that I want to add to it? Um, it's, it's been an awesome journey and not without the struggle and challenge. You know, um, having been been in the business uh, a little over 14, you going into my 14th, I guess, 15th year now, going from a solo agent to building a team, finding the limits of the team model, and then eventually uh, landing on uh, this hybrid model of a team ridge, which uh, has enabled us to continue to scale. So, Okay. So I want to hit on that right away, head on, because number one, I didn't even know you had moved from a team to a team ridge. I mean, I knew you were a brokerage since you're a side inc, but maybe didn't understand the full meaning of, of what that is. So tell me more about that, Brett. Yeah. Well, well I think it was when, when I got into the business in 2008 it was just right after Bear Stearns collapsed. And um, for, if you're going to be successful as, a, as an agent, you're always going to find, you to look for the, the areas of opportunities or the niches of opportunities within our industry. And in the early stages, you know, coming out of the, the, the Great Recession, that meant short sales and foreclosures, which interestingly enough, gave me the early experience necessary to understand the importance of building a team. Because with, with short sales, if anyone has been in the industry long enough to have had the privilege to do those, there was nothing short about them. You know, uh, the escrows on them were anywhere from on the, sh- the short end of the scale, eight weeks to eight months. And that was to get bank approvals and things. And you'd have to sit on the phone every week on hold for two hours for every single transaction with the bank just to get an update, try to move the thing along. So what happened was I ended up deciding to specialize in that niche and help other agents with it. So in my second year in the business, I had a hundred short sales. And if you had to spend, you know, two hours a week with every transaction, that was, you know, going to, going to become impossible. So I learned the, the value of leverage early on, but I also recognized that that was what we call a window business, right? It was, it had a certain life cycle for where we were in the industry. And so 
before the market turned back in 2010 and 11, I was starting to look for what was going to be that next niche opportunity. And clearly it was real estate teams. Real estate teams were on the rise. And obviously we've seen that the proliferation of teams, how they have eclipsed the solo agent. And I think, you know, it's either at this stage of the game, you either have to be a part of a team or, or be running a team to do well in real estate simply because of the demands of the consumer, right? The industry has changed so much um, with Amazon training our consumers to expect instant delivery on, on every element of what is real estate that the solo agent just can't do it. So um, I dove into that real estate team model and, and successfully built and grew a team for a number of years for about six years and then started to recognize the limitations of the team model. And teams are great. And, and um, I had a, a great experience scaling my team from, you know, uh, being in personal production as a solo agent doing 40 transactions a year um, in, in about 25 million in business to then scaling my team up to about 160 million in business. And then I started to find the challenges and the limitations of the team model. And, the, and specifically it for, for where we are, we happen to operate in um, the Garden of Eden or real estate, as I like to call it, <laughs> Silicon Valley, because it affords us, um, you know, the, some of the highest median price points in the country are currently our median is about 1.3. But with all that opportunity comes challenges. And the challenge here is that we have the most sophisticated, educated consumer base in the country. And um, what we found through my recruiting, training and hiring efforts of running a team was that brand new green agents, which I know there's a lot of teams that are tremendously successful bringing in agents with no experience because they don't have any bad habits to unlearn. It wasn't gonna cut it here in this market because you know, the average home buyer is buying a million, two million, three house. Typically they both work in tech, they have advanced degrees. And the implied assumption was, hey, you know, we want the guy or gal who's sitting across the table from us counseling us on real estate to be at least as smart in real estate as I am in tech, right? And they can smell it out. They can sniff it out pretty quick if someone didn't have those, you know, that, that technical knowledge, working knowledge of real estate. So we found um, to really make traction here, we had, to, we had to work with what we call emerging talent. These are agents that have been in the business a couple of years, done five to 10 transactions. Um, that was, you know, our ideal uh, agent. At the same time, you know, I, I, I think Anthony Lamacchia, um, who is a, a great operator and team owner broker, put it best when he articulated that, you know, the limits of the team model is ultimately your really good, talented people want a path to growth. And eventually you know, your life cycle of your agents and your business would be probably two, three years max. So you, you have a constant turnover that happens um, with the traditional team model uh, and that that life cycle for us is shorter right because we were already hiring an agent that was two years in the business so they get that itch to want to do their own thing um, even faster so it was interesting because I really built my team on the Keller Williams platform I followed you know the red book um, which is you'll see it's all highlighted marked up and um, MREA book that yeah. hasn't only read he's memorized yeah, it's, it's been signed by Gary and I was in Gary's group for a period, a, a long period of time. And um, so I, I adopted and implemented and executed everything in there. But um, interestingly, so I, that's where I was running my business before I left. It was something Gary told said to me that actually caused me to, to make the leap and actually start the Team Ridge model and eventually leave Keller Williams. 
And that what he said was, Brett, your role, I, I was, I challenged him. I said, you know, look, I've got this problem where these agents, they come this on. This is my- Gary Keller you're talking about? You had this conversation with Gary? Yeah. Okay. The, okay. This, um, I said, Gary, you know, the problem I'm having is I'll bring these agents in and they're, you know, they're doing five to 10 deals a year when I, you know, they come onto the team, I'll work with them for, you know, 18 to 24 months and they'll get up to doing between 25 and 40 deals a year. And then they invariably get the itch, you know, where they say, Hey, it's been great. This is awesome. You know, I've made more money than I made before. I really like being a part of the team at the same time. I kind of would like to have the opportunity to get a higher split on my sphere of influence and, and, you know, have my own identity, build my own brand. Yeah. And at the Keller Williams franchise, I didn't have a path to growth for them. You know, they would basically leave my team, roll out to the market center, and I'd go from making $100,000 a year off an agent to making three or $4,000 on their, their profit share model. And I put it to Gary and Gary said, well, Brett, you know, you, you need to think bigger. Your role as a leader is to consistently expand your world so that your greatest people can live out their ambitions within it. And I was like, I, 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 I remember that like verbatim because it was a turning point in my, my business life because these agents, I had a group of them that came to me, I think three or four of the five agents on my team at that time kind of came to me and said, hey, look, you know, we, we want to talk to you. <laughs> And, and at that time, it was probably the most um, discouraging and frustrating moment of my business career because, um, you know, I, I created a platform and an opportunity in a team where everyone had been they're crushing their goals or making more money than ever. And they're saying, hey, you know, we want to we want to hire split. And they, they kind of all got together. Right. So I felt betrayed. I felt cornered. Um, but in hindsight, I look back and it was actually a defining moment that helped us kind of go to this next level. And uh, I remember talking to my wife, I was just like, man, you know, the audacity of these guys, like, shit, I've done everything. I take all the risk. I pay for all the leads. I hired all the staff, you know, and, um, and, and they really don't understand that, right? They don't they understand don't. That, that you've got hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on the line with all the money you're putting out. Yeah, they, they don't. And so they were asking for 20% more, you know, and I said, look, we, we operate on a relatively thin margin. If we give you back this, what you're asking for, we'll operate, you know, at a 10% net profit. And that's not a durable business. If we go through a market shift, this golden goose that's lined your pockets is you're going to kill it. So, um, but I thought about what Gary said, and then I just asked myself, you know, what, what could I do to create a team environment for those people that were going to leave where I could provide them some level of support? Because typically the people who would leave the team, they'd go from doing it from selling 25 to 35 homes a year back to selling like 15, maybe 10 or 15. Mm-hmm. And I, yep, to I, see, I see it all the time, Brett. Yeah, That's, and I, it's I, so I talk, common. And, and we usually leave a part on good terms. So I talk to these guys or gals and say, hey, you know what? You know, are, are you having all the success that you really want to have? And they said, well, you know, I mean, I'd, I'd like to do more. I said, well, why don't you? And they said, well, you know, it was what's missing. And they said, what's well, kind of the environment? It was a combination of like the leads, the culture, the camaraderie, all of it. And um, so that led me to the question, you know, how could I create a team environment for these people uh, and still be in relationship with them? And that ultimately is what led to the Team Ridge model. So what is a Team Ridge? A Team Ridge is a new brokerage model of the future, you know, where an agent can find way more support uh, and opportunity than they would at any kind of traditional brokerage. Um, And and higher splits than they would find on a team. 
Now it was tricky to make the economic model work. And this kind of leads to what you and I talked about before we opened up the call, you know, is every business leader, you know, when you push for the next stage of growth, at some point there will be a chasm where, where your growth is not linear, you know, as far as adding resources and people to get to that next level. At some point you're going to need to put in more time and more money and your business will become less profitable on a percentage of net profit basis to get to, you know, that higher net profit by dollar eventually. And that's, that's what happened for us. But the, the team Ridge model, I still run a team at this, my, our team Ridge is called, the brokerage is called real estate experts. So I still run my team, Brett Jennings group um, here at real estate experts. And then uh, I provide a platform for agents typically doing over 10 units a year that, you know, have, have are pretty well established in the business. Our value proposition to them is they can come in and leverage the same opportunities as far as marketing and lead generation, the same support, the same technology stack that I use to scale my team from, you know, 10 to 160 million in four years or five years that they can come in and use those, access all those same resources. And um, it's, it's been a great, it's been a great ride. We've, um, it's certainly provided us the growth we were looking for and the impact. And so that's kind of where, where we're at. So Brett, how long ago were you at 160 million in volume? So 2018, um, we were at 160 million and that's when we, when we, we made the decision to, to start the team Ridge model. Now, honestly, like we didn't do any growth that first year in 2019 because we were, I was still, I was still a little gun shy. Like, do I really want to do this? Because every, I tell you, Brian, every coach and trainer that I talked to or that I had worked with, I shared with them the model. Like, cause I, I kind of created an economic model. I thought, you know, would, would, would work it, but we did have to get, we did have to add a good number of people because it wouldn't be as profitable per person. They all told me I was crazy. I was stupid. Um, it wouldn't work. You know, that, that the only way to do this was to just run a traditional team. Okay. So tell me how many people are in your team? How many people are in your brokerage? Got it. So the team now, um, I have six partner agents on my team at Brett Jennings Group. We'll do about 200 transactions this year for 300 million. Last year, we did uh, 140 transactions for 240 million. And, um, and then I have another 60 partners, partner agents at the brokerage. Uh, and they did another billion in sales last year. So we did just around 1.2 billion in 2021. That's, that's awesome. I mean, if you look at that growth from 19 to 21, it was unbelievable, right? So congratulations. Thanks. I mean, I think it, it really is. It's because I you know, was forced to ask the hard questions and the right questions. Um, and, and, and then it was what I call a market to model match you know, for, for our market and, and what we're doing. So I've heard you, I've heard you talk, Brad, about like, you speak very highly of your team uh, and the people that run your team. When I say your team, I'm not talking your, just your agents. I'm also talking about your team that, that you have there running your business, right? Your team of admins and TCs and all this stuff. I've heard you say many times, I couldn't do it without them. I couldn't do it without my systems. So Tell me, I mean, like what, what made the difference? Like, what did you need to do to get from 
But how many transactions are you doing total now? We did, we did 804 transactions. Yeah, um, so to get from you know 160 to, to 804 transactions, like w- what needed to change for you to be able to support that kind of growth? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, the reality is what it takes to grow a real estate business is pretty simple. You need three things. You need really good quality, scalable lead generation. You need an amazing admin team, you know, an operations or admin team that can fulfill on those services so that your agents are not getting stuck doing a bit busy administrative work, but they can really just be there and doing five things we call plant prospect, lead follow-up appointments, negotiate and training. Um, they should only be, your agent should only be focused on those five things. If they're not, they're not maximizing their opportunity, nor are you as their team leader. So Can you repeat uh, those five things for me, Brett. Yeah. Just, I want everyone, I want everyone to be clear on that. Yeah. The acronym we use is plant. It's prospect, lead follow-up, going on appointments, negotiating contracts, whether listings or, or, or buyers, and then training, right? Constant training, just to consistently sharpen the saw and get better every day. Cause we know our industry is changing. So, you know, support so that your agents are only focused on that. And then the third piece you just need is really good quality agents, you know, and, and you, you as a team leader or a broker owner, you know, need to have a value proposition that is strong enough to attract and retain, you know, those, those, those people. So, you know, most of the time, a lot of, of, of agents, when they're looking to grow, they go, they go for the looking for the agents first, you know, really what you need to do is dial in your operations and admin team so that you have a platform or a base to scale on, because if you grow quickly and you bring, you know, quality leads and you attract quality agents without that support, the wheels can come off the bus. And that did happen for us in uh, 2021. It was not, a, it was a painful experience. <laughs> So you experienced that, Brett, and, you know, everyone sees the glamour, they see the 1.2 billion and they're like, but it was only a year ago that you, you're saying the wheels were falling off the bus. Can you give us like, give us the story here? Like what happened? How did you fix it? Yeah, it really, you know, about at every, at every doubling, whatever, between somewhere and doubling and tripling the business volume um, at every stage, it either... We, we had a breakdown in whatever system or process that we built in almost every department, you know, uh, so to, to go from processing 200 transactions to 800 transactions, you know, the same systems or process that you built is, is probably not going to function or work at that, that higher level. And that's what happened for us. We actually had to put the brakes on recruiting. Our goal was even more aggressive. We wanted to go from, you know, we last year we did 470 million. We wanted to go to 1.6 billion. And about July, right in the middle of the year. If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. You know, the wheels were coming off the bus. And what do I mean by that? Um, Our transaction department, our transaction team was working, you know, 14 hours a day. And what we recognized was that, like, the systems that we were using, we were using, I think, for, for task management, we were using Trello, which is great for, you know, a couple hundred transactions. But when we get up to 800 and we have, you know, departments and things, it wasn't, it, that wasn't the right system. And Sisu with your task management became um, our default or our, our, our next step to get our systems right, which we've done. But it also, it also required elevating our people. 
you know, who was running our transaction department up until, or who was effectively running our operations up until June of this year was my main assistant who's been with me for 10 years. An amazing committed individual that technically, you know, uh, with 20 years experience can like get the toughest escrows across the, the, the finish line, but she's not a clock builder you know, or a systems developer for scalable, really high functioning systems. So we had to find, identify, find, hire, and, and, and onboard our next operations person, which uh, is Beth Lazar. And she's amazing. You know, she, she helped put the wheels back on the bus and had enterprise level business experience that is what was required, right, to, to, to help yes. us build and, and scale these systems. So that was one thing, you know, the other piece of it was marketing. We had you know, we'd grown so fast. We had a marketing coordinator and a marketing manager, but we didn't really have a true director of marketing. And so we do a lot for our agents. You know, we market to their sphere of influence for them on a 33 direct. We do client appreciation events. We do client gifts twice a year, uh, and, and as well as manage social campaigns, drive farming campaigns for those agents. So there's, there's a lot, there's a lot that's got to get done. And as we you know, doubled our agent count and tripled our transaction volume, they all became overwhelmed again for the same reason. So, yeah. but, but, but it comes back to what I started this, you know, your answer, the answer to your question with is it's just three things, really. You, you need to scale leads, good quality lead generation, not Facebook ad leads that. So, so where, where, where do you get your leads, Brett? I mean, give us some detail. Like, yeah, I know, no, I know you're big at, I know you're big at Zillow, but like yeah. where, where, what do you do for leads? Yeah, I mean, for, for us, about 30, between 25 and 30% of our business comes from Zillow. We were, we were a big spender on Zillow and then flipped to their Flex program. Um, that, that gave us some scalability uh, as we grew this last year. About 40% of our business comes from Sphere of Influence. Uh, most of the agents, when they come to us, 70% of their business is coming from Sphere. But what we end up doing is adding Zillow as well as um, the third pillar is what we call event-based farming. So every listing is getting direct mail, social for just listed pending sale, just sold. And we also provide those phone numbers for those agents so they can call um, around those listings, oh. call or knock around those listings. That's great. Yeah. So so those are, you know, the, the three, the four main pillars are high quality online, which is Zillow. Home Light is another resource for us. Um, Ojo Labs. We're not using. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, City. We're not using OpCity, but um, that that is you know when we talk about high quality online. That's another one that's out there. And then Sphere of Influence, event based farming, and open houses. You know those yeah. are the four main pillars. And then there's you know agents are are doing some of their own stuff uh, from time to time, but those are the core four that we really help them scale quality, you know, lead generation around. Yeah. Okay, so you get the you get the leads coming in, you have the right team, and and you know, I see this all the time with growing companies. There's always players that are the right players to get you to a certain level, mm-hmm. but at some point, you know, they may take a different role in the company, or they may you know they may not be with your company, but you need to recruit and bring people in to get you to where you want to go, right? I mean. So recognizing that as a leader, Brett, says a lot about you. Um, and then with systems, I got to work very closely with you. And I remember first we replaced Google Sheets or Google Forms, right? Yep. And yep. then we replaced Google Sheets for commissions. And then 
we replaced Trello. And I think the, the key for that was Sisu. And it takes some people sometimes a while to figure this out. But if you're doing your intake forms, your commissions, and your task management in Sisu, all the data is in one place and you eliminate so much duplicate entry. And, yeah, and, uh, and, and, potential, and potential opportunities for error. That's yes. the big thing that we, we didn't recognize uh, what we felt the pain of as we scaled and grew was all the little places in our business where we had a VA, you know, entering stuff from Google Sheets or taking it from one system to another. You know, it, you know, when you're only doing 100 transactions, the opportunity for error is not that great. But when you're doing 800 transactions um, and those errors come up and, and it's it's debilitating to the company because someone's got to slow down, someone's got to stop what they're doing, you know, go fix this problem for this agent or the and or this client. And, and that really, when you're trying to grow, it can take the wheels off the bus pretty quick. Yeah. Well, congratulations on figuring that out. And uh, I mean, you're one of the largest out there that I know of. So it's in, it's incredible. And a $1.3 million average price point doesn't hurt either. So, that helps, for sure. <laughs> helps. Um, Brett, I want to talk about something I observe about you. And, uh, you know, you are always growing. So <laughs> we were just talking, you were at a Tom Ferry event last week your first Tom Ferry event, but the week before I was skiing with you and what event were you in Park City for? Uh, Go Abundance, which was a, a mastermind, kind of a whole life mastermind started by some retired real estate team owners and broker owners, but yeah. So Go Abundance, you're surrounding yourself with these individuals who are, you know, just crushing life. And, you know, we all know who you surround yourself with is who you become. So you do that. Anyway, whenever I see you, you're at something where you're, you know, you're growing, right? You're yeah. paying, you, you remind me a lot of my wife because you guys both invest in yourselves. I know she spends over a hundred grand a year investing in herself and I'm sure you do as well. So like, how did you learn that this is so important and what are some of the key things that you've, maybe you have recommendations on some of the things that people should take advantage of to really invest in themselves and, and to grow internally. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And it ties back actually a question that was asked out of mastermind. I attended last the couple of weeks back. One question was what's the best investment you've made in your business, you know, or not in your business. What's just, what's the best investment you've ever made? It could have been a flip. It could have been anything. And yeah. I look back hands down, like I've done tons of seminars, workshops, training, coaching. Uh, I know for, you know, I, I got relentless in the pursuit um, of the business when, or, you know, I guess you'd say obsessed around um, 2010 or 11. Like my, my goal to hit the first million in GCI, I hit it in like four, three, three years when our price points were like 400,000. And then I got stuck there for like three years. And if, if you're trying to get to the next level and you're, you're giving it all you've got, you're missing something. And it could be a coach, it could be a new environment, but it's, it's usually some perspective because we can't see our own blind spots, right? So mm -hmm. for me, um, I remember, you know, the first kind of game change, the answer to that question, the best investment I've ever made was in the mastermind groups that I've participated in. Most, and, and, the highest level ones were typically there was they were they were paid there was a fee associated with them to participate 
Um, I remember the first one I participated in was put on by the, the guys who were running the coaching. I was paying, you know, I don't know, 1200 bucks a month for coaching. And then it was an additional 15 grand a year for their mastermind. And I remember at the time I was like, I clenched up, right? I, yeah. I make this investment. And it really was the best investment I ever made because the power of mastermind, if it's a really true mastermind where they, where they do not just let anybody in, right. They're trying to cultivate or curate the, the level of the people in the room and that people are at different levels. What it did for me, I was stuck, you know, at, at a certain unit number. I think we were doing about 80 transactions a year or something. And then spending time hanging out with, and then unpacking the business of these 15 other agents that we we're working with people doing anywhere from 50 transactions to 800 transactions a year, something happens, right? You, where you recognize if you were in the room, Brian, and I'm going, well, shoot, you know, Brian's doing 800. We've been hanging out. Like I'm talking to him. He's not any smarter than I am. Like now this is an, this is an unconscious conversation that yes. happens on my yes. Shit. You know what? If he can do it, I can do it. And so it's the power of borrowed belief. And, and, and that probably is also why you hear that saying, you know, that, that your net worth or your, the level of your life is the sum total of the five people you spend the most time with, because we unconsciously gravitate to the standards and levels of our, our peers. And so, um, and then that element of just believing what's possible when you, when you, when you do that. On the flip side, I know that happens to me too. When I was doing CrossFit, you know, I'm, I'm 51 years old now, but I, I remember, you know, six or seven years ago, I'm going to CrossFit and I'm in the room with 25, 26 year old guys. And I, I would eventually get injured because I realized I wasn't trying to compete with these guys, but I'm unconsciously sizing them up and recognizing, well, I'm this strong. I can do this. I can go this fast. Right. And unfortunately the body has limits that my business doesn't. I mean, yeah, but my body has limits that my business doesn't. So, I, I went to CrossFit twice and injured myself the second time. And I was like, that that is not where I should be getting my fitness from. Now, I was in my 40s when I started that, uh, early 40s. Yeah, I was like, not, not a good time to start CrossFit, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so, Brett, I mean, I mean it's, it's really fun to spend time with you because... Like you are always asking great questions. You're always leveling yourself up. And Tony Robbins always says, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I see you're, you're so passionate and your, your company is just elevated, you know, in the three years I've known you, you've gone from here to here to, you know, and people can't, who can't see me, but I mean, he has gone from 160 million to, 1.2 billion in a couple of years. So just incredible. I know we're a little bit short on time here, Brett. I, I really uh, would like to spend at least another 30 minutes with you, but something I I'm interested in, I read that you have been teaching meditation for 18 years. Mm -hmm. Tell me about this. Yeah. I, and, and actually that's um, kind of been on the, the down low one of probably if masterminds were the best, thing that I've ever done to, to elevate my, you know, personal growth, the, um, the X factor, and I'll call it a leverage point would be meditation because, you know, people don't really understand what, what meditation is for me. I, I, my journey started when I was in college, I took a meditation classes in my senior year as an elective, just because I needed to take something. And I thought, wow, you know, okay. Meditation is better than basket weaving. 
So, but it was interesting because we had to meditate 20 minutes a day, five days a week for 12 weeks. And that one experience completely changed my life. Like Buddha didn't appear, Jesus didn't appear, but what I saw and what I felt and what I experienced was a flow that was like happening in my life. My grades got better. My relationships improved. I'd started a business in college and it, it's just started taking off. And, um, I was kind of like, well, whatever this is, I can't put my finger on it, but whatever it is, is good. And so I want to go deeper. So a year after I graduated from college, I sold my business and went kind of on a journey, went and spent uh, a few months in India, backpacking around and ashram hopping. Uh, then I went to Japan and meditated with the yogis and monks there in, in Buddhist monasteries and spent a year when I finished the tour um, in San Diego, studying and learning from a, um, a former Indian. I mean, he was a, he's an Indian doctor named Deepak Chopra and learned to he, teach his um, meditation practice to other people. So you were directly with Deepak Chopra? Yeah, I spent a year. Um, wow. Yeah. So, so what was interesting is, you know, the two years... I had that experience. And then I also worked for Tony Robbins companies for a couple of years. And, you know, both of these individuals are having a huge impact in the world, doing big things. Yes. But what I would say about the difference between Tony and Deepak is it's different order of creation, right? Um, Deepak, when you really, you, you get to tap into what is, it's not your unconscious mind or subconscious mind. It's the power of the soul, the intelligence that's there within you. Beyond your thinking mind, it has three attributes to it. It's, it's omniscient, it's omnipresent, and it's omnipotent. So it's all, it's ever present everywhere. It's always here. It's everywhere and it's all powerful. And, you know, you've heard this before, right? There's a power and a force in the universe. You can't use it. You can't use it. You can align with it. And what meditation does is allows, enables you um, to find and align with that flow and the greater flow of life that always wants to expand and deliver more good everywhere all the time. Um, that practice that most people will overlook because they ask themselves, what am I doing? You know, sitting here in silence and my mind is making a bunch of noise is super, super powerful. So that is, uh, yeah, it's been a passion of mine and I taught meditation for a number of years. I took a break when my son was born, but I'm actually going to resume um, teaching again this year. So it's, uh, that's awesome. Great story. I'm, I'm glad I asked that. Brett, just congratulations to you. Uh, it's, it's clear that you are aligned with the universe. Like you care about your people, you care about your team, you care about your clients, you care about, you know, just the approach you take is somewhat unique in this space. And uh, just the fact that you're always investing in yourself and surrounding yourself with players. I think if, you know, if, if we could all just learn from just doing these simple things and the best investment, I would say the best investment we can make is an investment in ourselves, right? Whatever that is for you. But if, if you're growing, you're going to, you're going to be happy. You're going to be thriving. 100%. And so anyway, uh, great time spending with you today, Brett. Thank you so much for being on the great podcast. Um, everyone, thanks for joining us today and we'll catch you next week. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U dot C-O. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your setup fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. 
If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search Grit, the real estate growth mindset on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.